Hello, and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Today, I have a really great conversation about grief and grieving and loss and love and dating and passion and coaching and self-love and so many things with my friend Jonathan Asley. Jonathan is known as America's leading midlife dating and relationship coach. Jonathan says that he is a defender and protector of women's hearts around the world, and I believe it. He's a great guy. He helps women transform from attracting Mr. Wrong into finding their Mr. Right. He is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? Jonathan is great. He came over to my house to record and he didn't know that we were rolling. So you'll notice at the beginning of this conversation, there's no real start because we're just sort of in the middle of a combo. So (laughs) just so you know what's going on. Enjoy my conversation with Jonathan. You have great energy. I, from the moment I met you, I'm like, God, I was telling a friend of mine this before I drove out here. I'm like, you've just got great energy. I mean, your soul is so like robustly energetic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> wow. Oh, that makes my day. Thank oh. you. Well, you also have great energy. And if you didn't, then I wouldn't have asked you to be on my podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, no, but, I, and I certainly wouldn't have invited you to my house. Well, I, that I appreciate because that's an intimate <laughs> thing. So no, but there's some people, I said that, I said when I met Thomas and you, and there were a few others in the room, not everybody, but the two of you really stood out to me. It's more about your spirit because a lot of people are wrapped up in their personality and your spirit shines I mean you know obviously his does because I just said it but I've just always felt really comfortable interacting with you you just have that pleasantness about you that makes people feel warm and safe thank you thank you so much I really appreciate that that is a wonderful compliment (laughs) (laughs) well I'm really excited to talk about love and dating and self-love with you today and you brought a copy of your book which I'm excited about and um, actually so I was looking at the, I was looking at your website and of course I'm gonna link to this in the show notes and everything so everyone can check it out but I noticed that the second chapter well the first chapter yeah. speak your truth do it with kindness yes okay and then your second chapter stop fucking complaining yeah <laughs> <laughs> so tell me why stop fucking complaining is in a book about self-love so you know thank you so much this particular book is an opportunity to explore one's own love for themselves. And so I, I, I liken it to when you put the oxygen mask on yourself on the airplane kind of thing when the flight attendant discusses that. So I create a variety of different chapters to look inside oneself, to love oneself. In the chapter, stop, and it's exclamation points in the book. <laughs> Censored in the book, yeah, this a, podcast is not censored. Okay, good, good, good. So stop fucking complaining or stop freaking complaining or whatever you want to say is, is really distinguishing the difference between healthy venting versus when it becomes a negative in one's life. So the idea is to go, it's okay to vent because venting means something stored up inside of you that needs to come out. Oftentimes people do the same thing, but they do it in the form of victim consciousness. They're doing it from like, poor me, what's wrong with me kind of thing, which is a level is also looking at oneself from a level of shame Mm -hmm. versus going, hey, I just need to get this out and I need to just vent about something. And just so in fact, even with 
within my circle of friends, I'll just say, hey, I've got to vent something. I don't want you to comment. I don't want you to analyze. I just need to get it out. And if we want to, you know, unpack it a little bit, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But let's just get it out. And that's what this chapter is all about, because it's important to get out those things inside of that's the dark side, or maybe it might be a judgment Mm -hmm. about someone that you really don't want to say out loud, but you just need to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of venting, this is a very good segue into (laughs) social media. Okay. Okay. Great. (laughs) And you, you share a lot on social media. You share a lot on Facebook and you share a lot both in your role as a dating coach, a love coach, and you also in your role as a man who (laughs) single and looking for love right now, right? You get a lot of... (laughs) You, well, first of all, you get a huge amount of engagement. So people are definitely paying attention to what you're saying and, and the kind of question that you're asking. But I know you, you just posted something the other day that got you in a little bit of trouble. So <laughs> yeah. do you want me to go into yeah. the details? And also just a process like why, why do you share so much personally on Facebook? Yeah. So I want to answer that first and then I'll go into the specific of what's happened. So I've recognized that as a human being, I have multiple different thoughts and, and we can also we can say that different parts of who we are. You know, some people it's just the inner roommate in your head and in my case it's the whole fraternity. You know, <laughs> there's fifty people. And so I express different facets of my personality, different facets of what I feel. Now to the outside world, it probably looks like I'm schizophrenic. I mean, I'm like the person that has 16 different personalities and probably makes it very confusing for some people. In fact, one person recently wrote me privately saying, I think you need professional help. Oh. Yeah, which is piggybacking on this post that I did. So I did a post exploring the idea about drinking and dating. And isn't it interesting that dating apps ask you, like this? almost every dating app asks the same 12 questions. You know, what's your height? What's your body type? Do you smoke? Do you drink? What's your religious preferences and so forth? And there's no accident those questions are there because they're oftentimes deal breaker questions. So I happen to be a person that occasionally drinks. I like a glass of wine. I like to do wine tasting things. And I said, and this is my exact words. I said, why does a non-drinker feel like a deal breaker for me? What's wrong with wanting to share a glass of wine with your partner? Now, I said feel like a deal breaker. I didn't say is a deal breaker. And I want to just say this because I'm just just exploring the idea. So I got three different types of responses. I had the camp of people. And you got like hundreds of people. Responses. Oh, this I had two or three hundred comments. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where it started to take so a well. life of its own. <laughs> the people that kind of could resonate with what I was feeling, they're like, yeah, I totally get it, blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason. And so they're, they were not validating me, but they were just acknowledging that they feel the same way. Then there was another camp of people go, hey, would you really want to miss out on your soulmate if they weren't a non-drinker? And they're bringing that to my attention along with other reasons why and they were addressing the post itself mm-hmm. then there was this third camp of people who chose to attack my character and I mean viciously attack my character as if I'm shallow there's something wrong with me boy you're judging blah 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 and they don't even I felt as though most of the people that did that were probably the non-drinkers that felt that they were being judged where my post was just all about me it had nothing to do with you but you took it per- so yeah so what's was interesting about 
about this post is it helped me see why I've been doing what I've been doing on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook has been my laboratory for my own personal growth, my own self-help, my spirituality. Because the old Jonathan, when being attacked, would immediately defend. I would then passive-aggressively try to trump what they were saying. Yeah. And I say passive-aggressively. In other words, well, I probably do it aggressively, but, <laughs> aggressively, do it, but in a passive-aggressive kind of move. In yeah. other words, it's you know making it about them in well, such a yeah. way. You're doing it in a way that you can kind of say, no, 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 look, I'm not attacking you. Look, you're wording in a way that you have an immediate defense yeah. when they feel attacked because you are kind of attacking them. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it in a way that they don't feel Well, attacked. when I respond back, and that's the way I would have responded in the past, and because of the work I've done in the area of self-love, and what self-love means self-worth, self-confidence, self-reliance, self-esteem, all those things about a healthy you, that sovereign part of you, I didn't... Re Okay, I'm going to be honest for your listeners. <laughs> I reacted in the... I want to say I reacted for a second. I'd like to say nanosecond, but it was a second. A second of me was like, fuck you, you know, like you're, and want to attack because who yeah. likes to feel attacked? Yeah. But I recognize is their attack is really a reflection of something going on inside of them. Oh, it always is. I mean, yeah. everything is about us. I mean, it's, you know, I talk about this when I talk about rejection because I have this mod about rejection, which is rejection isn't real because yeah. for you, I mean, it's an emotion. So your emotions, like to feel rejected, like to feel like maybe this is a deal breaker for me. Yeah. That's a valid, that's a totally valid feeling. Your feelings are valid, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but your feelings aren't necessarily true either, right? Yes, so exactly. So your feelings aren't facts. Uh, rejection, you know, specifically is so unproductive to me because that's you just making a decision to tell yourself a story about someone else and what's going on with them when they all, they're the hero of their story. Like they got yeah. their whole own thing going on. Yeah. So like, why make it about you? Because ultimately, everything is about us yeah but like it's when you're interacting with another person it's about the other person for them and about you know so it's it's yeah I, I get what you're saying well what, what's interesting is that I found over the years for myself that I have had this propensity of wanting to be liked and I went out of my way of wanting people to like me, even the people that didn't like me. I even had to try harder with them. Now, when I looked, and one of the chapters in my book talks about childhood wounds and the importance of healing childhood wounds. And so my childhood wound was I was bullied as a kid. And I used to go out of my way to try to make the bully like me. Mm -hmm. So when someone attacks me, I would want to, in the past, want to go out of my way to make them like me. What I recognize now that all these years, my Facebook posts, and there's anytime you do something of controversy, it's going to stir up people's stuff. Is that it's always been an opportunity to love myself mm -hmm. and to be loving to the other person. In fact, I was just thinking right before I came over here to do this podcast with you was people, people that are mean to you are the people that are suffering the most. Those are the people that need the most amount of love. And yet we vilify mean people, we punish mean people, and yet those are the people that need the most love. Yeah, I know. So that's why my posts, it's interesting. It's a laboratory. Mm -hmm. It's a fascinating laboratory into human behavior, human yeah, conditioning. Totally. And an opportunity to be loving for oneself and to others. Yeah, yeah. So do you think through this process, do you attribute social media and your interactions with social media? Is it working? Is it deepened your sense of self-love? And is it it's helping? Yeah, you know, a lot of people knock social media, but really, and I totally recognize that for me, my world is I work from home. 
If there was no social media, I would barely have interaction with people mm. other than, you know, socializing with friends and so forth. So, so, yeah. so social media happens to be kind of my water cooler, if you will, but it's become my laboratory to heal myself. I didn't realize this until just recently. Actually, it was this post. I knew this before, but this post really amplified this awareness that I'm on social media for the benefit of healing myself. Mm, yeah. Because where else can I go and get attacked all the time? <laughs> You know, yeah. all that attack is an opportunity to love myself. Yeah. And so now, do I need it as much anymore now that I've had this awareness? Probably, because mm -hmm. there's more layers to, to removing the blocks that cause that angst within me, yeah. that need to be liked, and there's probably, there's definitely more work to do. I think it's an endless journey. Yeah, I think for everyone. There's no finish line with with yeah. loving yourself and personal development and growth. There's no finish line. It keeps going even after you pass on. So, and I mean, I'm blessed. What do you mean by that? So this book was inspired after the loss of my 19-year-old son. Mm -hmm. My 19-year-old my son passed away 14 months ago. And it I was didn't actually- I it was so recent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, it feels like yesterday. So, yeah, but it is, it is relatively- very recent. Yeah. So I actually, it was this week, a year ago, that I began writing this book. Mm -hmm. I was inspired by him because actually one of the chapters in the book is called Don't Let Anyone Fuck With Your Chi. Mm -hmm. And my son, my 19-year-old son, had this interesting ability that people could not, you know, kind of criticize him. And he just, he had this way of like Teflon. It just, <laughs> it just literally bounced off of him. He yeah. didn't let people bother his space of happiness. Mm. He found his own zone of happiness. And so he's throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to answer that question about the afterlife because he's been inspiring me ever since yeah. he left. Yeah. His inspiration is finding his way to me in a variety of different ways. Interesting enough, his nickname is uh, Salty. <laughs> and so whenever when I posted that a year and a half, you know, 14 months ago on Facebook, ever since then, I get emails from people constantly. It might be an instant message. It might be a post on Facebook. It could be a text message that they saw the word salty somewhere. Salty crew, salty <laughs> oh, life, salty yeah, this, salty yeah. that. So in a way, I feel as though that's him talking to me saying, hey, dad, just want to let you know I'm okay. Mm. Because people are constantly doing this. And I'm talking, it happens minimum of two to four times a week. Mm. I get some message from someone. Yeah. And that's a message from him. It is a message from him. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Well, that's the thing about love is when you love someone, that love does not go away. Yeah. It does not go away. And, um, you know, I lost my dad. I lost my brother. And, and I've lost some other people too. And I feel almost closer to them in yeah. a way because it's, I don't know. I mean, I've had like experience. I've had every person that I've loved who's died has come to me in a dream and we've like talked it out. And I, cause I remember first when my dad died, I spent a year, I, I like cried myself to sleep every night for a year. Mm. And then every night I dreamt that he was alive. And mm. in my dream, I'd be like, oh my God, I thought you were dead. And I'd be so relieved. And then I'd wake up in the morning and be like, oh, fuck. You know, and it was just this cycle. It was exhausting. It was mm -hmm. horrible. It was a really yeah. bad year. And then finally, the thing that changed it was one night the dream changed. And my dad was there, but I okay. knew he was, but I knew he was gone. You know? okay, okay. It was like, I was like, oh, I get it. Like you're gone. And my dad really liked jazz music and he really liked to dance. And so in my dream, we were listening to jazz music and we're dancing and he's like spinning me around and spinning me around. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of like, oh, it's going to be okay. Like he's not physically here, but yeah. like he's always going to be here. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It was just, it was so joyful. And I was so literally in the dream, he's spinning me around and I'm laughing and I'm laughing and I wake myself up laughing. Oh. And it was like, 
oh my God, I'm, everything is going to be okay. And yeah. after that, I never had that dream again that he was, I, I dreamt about him many times. Okay, okay, got but, it. Um, but I never had a sad dream about him again. Mm. I never had a dream where I was like, you know, where I had that feeling when I woke up of like, oh no, he's gone. And like, it's always been joyful ever since then. Mm. And everyone I've lost, I've had a dream like that where they come to me and we like, sometimes we have a conversation. Yeah. It and, sounds like he was wanting to give you this message. I yeah. mean, that sounds like he wanted to give you a message. You know, it's interesting about five months months ago, uh, I was staying at a friend's house and it was right at that twilight, you know, like four or five in the morning, you know, right when you're kind of in and out of sleep sometimes. And I had this clear message from my son said, I'm ready to talk to you. Like that was all he said. And I was like, fuck. Wow. I was getting messages from him in a different way, but and then a literally one month to the day later, I was I was experiencing this kind of interesting dream, if you will. I was kind of half awake, again, kind of half awake, half asleep. And I was opening and closing my eyes. And he popped in and he said, Dad, when you open and close your eyes, you're kind of opening the portal to the other world. And so, and it happened to be when my eyes were open, it was bright and very light, you know, in this moment. And he's like, that's where I'm at. When you go over to the other side, it's all light. It's all love. And he says, so you don't need to open and close your eyes. He said, all you do is just keep your eyes open to love. Mm. And I thought, wow, what a message. And then he said something else. He said, when, don't be worried about death. He said, be grateful for death because that's us transitioning to love 100% of the time. And so he said, when you hear about a mass shooting or this or that, of course, there's a sadness, but also step into gratitude because it's almost like I kind of was thinking about that line from the movie. It's a wonderful life. When you hear a bell ring, it's an angel getting their wings. When someone passes, it's their transition to just absolute love. Yeah. And so he said, you don't have to feel sad for me. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything. That's amazing. Such a gift. Yeah. It's amazing. That's amazing. And the message was yeah. love. No, so isn't I, it's I got he yeah. was like he was like screaming. Okay, that's why and that's why this book and this why this conversation is so important to talk about love because look at what was happening in that Facebook post was a lot of judgment for me. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how a population like the United States keeps talking about how the government needs to be more compassionate. No. Individuals need to be more compassionate every single day because when we judge, you know, it's an aggression to another person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you do it enough times, we're devoid of what's really who we are on the inside, which is love. Yeah. So anyone who has been listening to this podcast regularly probably knows what I'm going to say right now because I talk about this all the time. And if any of my clients are listening, they 100% know what I'm going to say. Okay. Now I'm dying to know. What are you going to say? So I'm also always, you know, talking about self-love and really beating this drum of self-love and how important it is. But I've broken self-love down into these five different elements. The first one is self-compassion. Okay. And it is so hard for people to be compassionate towards themselves. It is so hard for people to not judge themselves, yeah. not criticize, not to just give themselves a break, give themselves a break. Like it's not only a, it's a barrier to loving yourself to, you know, to be unco- just uncompassionate towards yourself. Yeah. Um, or just, I don't know what the word is, um, yeah. but it's also, it's a complete barrier to loving other people. Yes. Like it's a complete barrier. So I'm always like, you know, I do these self-love check-ins with my clients. I'm like, we, let's do a self-love check-in. We start with self-compassion. Always. Okay. That's always the starting point. It's a reminder. And I have to do it to myself too. I yep. have to like, oh wait, I'm think I'm beating myself up right now. I'm saying, shit, why did I do that? Or da da da. Or how did I get myself in this situation? Or why? Or did all of these things. And I'm like, wait, I have to stop. 
because the only way that I can move forward is if I give myself a break. Yep. And that's Absolutely. the hardest thing, but that's why people are so judgmental. That's why people are so judgmental towards other people. Yeah. You, it's really hard to be compassionate towards other people if you truly compassionate towards other people if you can't have some compassion for yourself as well. That's an interesting point of view because you're right. The, the person who is really compassionate for themselves rarely is judgmental yeah. of others. They're already starting from a place of love yeah. right there. And so I suspect it's a matter of degrees. You know, I mean, I don't know if I can love myself fully 100%. I mean, I'd like to I'd like to aspire to that. But I know there are days where I'm like, I'm not loving myself. Yeah. It's a reminder to be self-compassionate. It's yeah, it's moments. a huge reminder because, yeah. you know, love and, and you know this, like love is love is a feeling. It's an emotion, but it's also a verb. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, you have to train yourself. If you want to love yourself, you have to train yourself to treat yourself with love, even when you're not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> do you think love is a choice? Yes, I do think that love is a choice. Because a lot of people don't believe that. They yes. think it's automatic. You know, when you no. love someone, it's like, you no. know. I, I think that you can, even even the people who you love the most in the world, yeah. you don't at every moment yeah. feel incredibly loving towards them in every moment. You're not yeah. always like overcome with this emotion of love, especially yeah. like in romantic relationships when you're triggered, when somebody does this or that or, you know. And so it is a choice to continue to treat someone with love than, rather than just rely if you're just relying on the feeling yeah like oh i'll be nice to you i'll be kind to you i'll be loving towards you when i feel like it yeah that's selfishness that's not love that's yes exactly that's That's selfishness yeah that's That's, not love and that's i think that's why a lot of relationships end because when people when it gets too deep and it starts to get hard and then no you're no longer having like that just really sunny easy feeling all the time of being in love then it's like oh now i have to choose to be compassionate and empathetic towards this person like and I don't like you like, right now like, well, you know <laughs> you but it was, what's interesting is because a lot of people that have said to me you know especially when a relationship ends I love this person you know as if that's not a choice in other words mm-hmm. I love this person and this hurts a lot what they're oftentimes really experiencing is attachment and not actual love. And so I I think the vast majority of people believe attachment is love. And I think that's something for many people to explore within themselves when they feel attached to someone and calling that love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's hard. I don't, if somebody tells me I love someone, I don't feel that it's my place to say that you don't love them. Like, I'm like, if you say you love them, you love them. I mean, love it, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's like love is, it is a feeling, right? It is an emotion. That's one component of love, but it's also a verb and so there's also the action of love and it's particularly when you're talking about when you're in a relationship with someone and you're in a relationship with yourself which you are yes you you are are, treating ourselves with love even when we're like oh my god I'm so I'm so dumb or I'm so this or I'm so that or all those negative thoughts that we can think about ourselves like that's huge and if you treat yourself with enough love consistently enough like your feelings will catch up right so like when you talk about so I I said you know there are five elements yeah I want to know the other four (laughs) self-compassion Okay. The second is self-worth. Okay. Right? And that's a huge one, obviously. Yeah. Then self-validation, self-care, and self-gratitude. Okay. So that's how I break it down. Yeah. And I could go further into that if you want. I also just did actually a podcast episode about this. So those of you who are listening who want to go deeper, <laughs> just listen to the last episode. But with self-worth, 
because this is, I think self-compassion, once you kind of talk somebody through it, they can kind of like accept like, okay, I guess if I want to move forward, I need to give myself a break. I need to like let go of the judgment. Yeah. And they can kind of do that in a moment. Like, okay, fine. All right. All right. I'm going to give myself a break. I did the best that I could. Everyone's deserving of compassion, myself included. Yep. But then the self-worth question, the worthiness question. I mean, this is the big one, right? And we can really get stuck on that. So, you know, I call the question of, do I truly believe that I'm worthy of love, respect, any of our heart-centered desires. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about ego-driven desires, but like the universal heart-centered desires that we all have. So when you ask yourself, do I truly believe I'm worthy of that? It's not a brain question. It's a heart question. So you have to like sit with it and see what comes up. And sometimes something comes up other than hell yes. Right? Sometimes something comes up like, yeah, (laughs) I hope so. Maybe. I don't know. Or or just an outright no. And, but the thing when, but that's okay because that's part of being human. Yeah. But you can start to ask yourself, okay, well, if I did believe that I was worthy. If I did believe I was worthy, then what would I do right now? What Mm. choice would I make? What action would I take? And if you commit to taking that action of treating yourself with love, with loving yourself Mm -hmm. by behaving as if though you're worthy, like if you do that enough, one day you'll wake up and and it's automatic. Exactly. And then you're like, like, yeah, I'm worthy, (laughs) right? It's all little building blocks. And all of these things that we're talking about are the little deposits of love into your own bank account, if you will. And the more you build up, you're going to slip off of it. You know, you're going to, there's going to be times where you might crucify yourself Mm -hmm. and you might beat yourself up or someone might attack you and that might set you off. But if you build up enough deposits of love Mm -hmm. within yourself, you can handle anything. Yeah. And why I share this is because when I when my son passed, I honest and the, the balance of the book is about the idea of the investment in oneself for personal development, self-help and spirituality. It, because I was able to navigate this experience a, a lot different than I expected to because I've spent 19 years and 22 with my other son worrying that they would something would happen to him. I, I think most parent, any parent listening, your greatest fear, your greatest nightmare is something happening to your child. And the idea was I would never recover from this. Mm-hmm. I had had, you know, not dreams, but fear built up for so long that I couldn't recover from this. And many people lose a child and they never recover. Yeah. I was able to handle or navigate this. I don't wanna say handle, but navigate this with a relative amount of, I'm gonna use the word ease only in comparison to the way I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. In that comparison, I thought my, my life, life would over. Yeah, my life was over. I might as well just stick my head in the toilet and be done with myself kind yeah. of thing. And But that was further from my reality. And it's because I spent so much time investing in myself prior to that. Now, if I go far enough back, and I talk about this in the book, in 2006, I experienced, uh, or 2005, I went through a, a divorce lost my quarter million dollar year job, and then a few years later lost all my money in the market. Mm -hmm. And I was in hell at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a personal development, self-help, spiritual practice as a foundation, Mm. because that foundation is really all the same thing. It's self-love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I call it, whether we call it personal development, self-help, spirituality, it's all about learning how to love yourself and others. Yeah. It's not singular to oneself because some people hear self-love and they think it's narcissism. No, right. it's just putting the oxygen mask on yourself first and then also putting it on the person next to you that you love yeah. or the people around you. So that is my invitation for people. And there's a variety of ways to get there. And you use self-compassion, self-worth, self-validation, self-care and self-gratitude. Grat- 
attitude. Good job. Uh, I, 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 that moment, that was stuff. It's interesting because I love that because I, I didn't touch upon my book in that way. I mean, it, it's it has its own elements of it, but that's it for those listening. Francesca has a great five-step model, so follow that because it's really important. Everyone listening to this, please invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why we do coaching is not. You know, we, we're passionate about this, but our passion is for the individual to really choose to invest in yourself yes. a lot. I a mean, lot. invest <laughs> a fortune on yourself. And I know that sounds like I'm not saying in coaching per se, but spend more money on he- working within versus the, you know, and I'm going to be judgmental here, the shoes <laughs> yeah. or, you know, the fancy car. Yeah, this and that. and yeah. I get that those are nice things. Yeah, there's nothing but, wrong with it, today, yeah, but, but, but it's not, it's but not what's going to fill you up. Yeah. And if you're not feeling filled up take a break from the shoes or the this or that mm-hmm. and put it in yourself totally. invest a ton in yourself totally. because in, invest you, time invest, invest yeah. energy invest effort it doesn't even i mean i know like my personal development yeah it wasn't money i meant it all those things yeah, all right? of those things all the, i mean but money too i mean yeah. listen i i have a coach i've worked with i mean i think i'm on my fourth or fifth coach at this point i'll always have a coach yeah i'll always like why would i not have a coach like i i and we call them mentors we call them wise elders there's I a have, variety of I different have mentors people. and I have coaches yeah. and I have and it's all for me you know love was really like the main pain point that I yeah. had and so that was my entryway to personal development because okay. I was like trying to make this love thing happen now, now when you say love do you mean romantic, I mean romantic love? love okay I, I just mean, want to be yeah, clear yeah yeah, yeah, clear. yeah, yeah. You know, that's you're right it's a good point <laughs> um, so yeah it was romantic love and that yeah. was such a pain point for me so I'm like I gotta figure this out I gotta figure this out and I kept on like just trying to do everything except love myself you know Everything was like so outwardly focused. It was like, what are the tactics and how do I do this? And how do I get a guy to like me? And how do I do that? And it was like, and how do I date? And how do I flirt? And everything was so outwardly focused. And eventually I just got to the point where I was like, okay, I think like uh, there's patterns here that are happening and I'm feeling a way that's not, uh, it's not how I want to feel. And I think I got to just like fix myself. Yeah. You know, and so that was my real entryway into personal development. Mm. Um, And so I'm really, I'm grateful that it was such a pain point for me that, because that was what forced me to do, you know, to go deeper. Relationships, interesting enough, because my, not that my story is similar, but it was through the exploration of a relationship, the idea of finding my soulmate, if you will, I identified my codependency. Mm-hmm. And in that, I identified how much I didn't love myself. It was through that portal of relationships, yes. the idea of wanting someone in my life mm-hmm. that took me down the path of a self-love path. I think, keep in mind, it's not just relation, romantic relationship, it's a relationship with people you might work with or mm-hmm. friends or yeah, family. Family, yeah. family is actually the yeah, greatest dynamic <laughs> to practice self-love. <laughs> I, totally I don't think we should talk about that. Um, and I'm I'm very much like you. It was that, and I want to share with your audience. I after my divorce, I went out on over a hundred internet dates in the first year, and and it was like the same story. Met a nice girl, a gap woman, excuse me, <laughs> nice woman. You know, well, because a guy and a girl just seemed to go together. So so nice woman. We have a great time, but something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Meet another nice woman, have a good time, wasn't right. Yeah. And in a year, I realized, hey, that's something right wasn't me yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. That was when I figured That's it out. It took yeah. me, but yeah. it took me a hundred these. And by yeah. the way, for people that can't see, I'm smacking myself up on side the head. <laughs> I needed a hundred smacks upside my head to go, wait a minute, yeah. you're the common denominator here. That's exactly what happened to me. I was like, I, I spent so many years being like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? But it was from this place of real insecurity. So then yeah. I thought like, oh, I can like date myself out of insecurity. Because yeah. if I can just figure out how to connect with guys and guys like me, then I'll be fine. And then I was like that. So then I got good at doing that thing. But then yeah. I was like, but I'm still not fine. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then I was like, oh, I got to figure this thing out. I think that is a real life changing moment for people who are looking for love, romantic love, when they realize, oh, I if this is something I'm struggling with. Yeah. And especially there's a pattern yeah. that's repeating. It's like, OK, the only, only answer is to go deeper mm-hmm. and to figure out how I'm not loving myself. Because if you love when you really love yourself, all this other shit really, really starts to work itself out. Here's the thing, though. I was just thinking of this and I hope we have enough time is that the ego is insidious. Mm-hmm. The ego blocks this mm-hmm. and makes up a lot of great stories that think you might be loving yourself that oh, makes you yeah. think that you're loving to other people oh, yeah, yeah. and yet what's really happening is and, and I'm, I'm offering this for anyone to notice whenever you get triggered and I'm doing the finger quotes in the air <laughs> and trigger is merely the experience of going something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. that's all it is something doesn't feel right in that moment when something doesn't feel right let that be your barometer in that moment to go inward instead of outward. Because yes. oftentimes most people, the ego wants to make it about everyone else. The yes. ego wants to blame everyone but self. Amen. <laughs> and that, it's like the when you point, I'm pointing a finger at Francesca right now and there's three <laughs> fingers pointing back. That's what happens when something doesn't feel right. It's an opportunity to look within. So when that post happened and I'm getting attacked and attacked, of yeah. course I wanted to initially blame. I go, wow, what's really coming up for me? Yeah. And so the invitation is to notice just start noticing that when when you don't feel right about something and look inward because I'm a big Star Wars fan and in that movie there's the concept of the force and Obi-Wan Kenobi says to Luke Skywalker, feel your feelings to feel the force. Mm -hmm. That's how you feel the force. And the force is this universal energy that we can all tap into. And this universal energy is love. It really does exist. It requires tapping into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think people are so, so scared of uncomfortable emotions that they will just do anything to avoid them. And yes, yes. You know, like like I had this conversation recently with the client and she was like well I'm just really nervous and it's about this guy that she's met and she's like I'm just so nervous and I was like okay well first of all what's wrong with being nervous why is that bad and she's like oh I guess it's not she was actually specifically nervous about a date that was okay okay so it wasn't like she was nervous like you know I think he might not be a good person it was like it was something you know that was like so why why is that bad you know Nervousness and excitement are two sides of the same coin. You could just decide that you're excited to see him again, you know? And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. And it's just like, just that little shift, then she's fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, we're so like, I actually, well, I'm not going to tell this whole story on air. I'll tell you if you want to. Okay. It's just like a long story. It's a whole, like, it's kind of a big segue. But I recently was talking to a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine. And she was talking about this, like, new opportunity that she was embarking on. And I'm so happy for her. And it's nothing to do, it's nothing that I want. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like, it's not like, 
like an envy thing of like, oh, I wish I had that opportunity. I don't want that. It's nothing, totally different feel, totally different life circumstances. It's nothing to do with me. Right? Okay, okay. But it was weird because I got this weird flutter feeling in my chest. And it was mm. like this, this uncomfortable feeling that I get that's been with me for a long time. And I was, and first I was like, because I was so busy kind of just being like, oh my God, I'm so excited for you that I was like, what's that feeling? I had a moment where I was going to ignore it. And then I said, and I stopped myself and I was like, wait, why am I feeling this right now? Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. I need to think about this, right? Like what's going on? And I was like, don't, don't, don't try to ignore the uncomfortable emotion, right? Yeah. And then I wound up doing like a whole meditation about it and I had this like huge breakthrough and it was amazing. I saw my ancestors. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. But anyway, it was a very woo-woo experience. Yeah. But I think that if people can feel sadness, if they can feel pain, if they can feel anger, they can feel fear, and they can learn to cope with those emotions. I mean, it's sort of like what you were talking about with your son. And, you know, yeah. there was a time where that your life would have been over because yeah. you weren't able to deal with these deeper, scary, fearful parts of ourselves and yeah. developing the tools. That's why you were able to grieve, but grieve in a way that your life wasn't over. I say thank you so much. And I say that self-love is a vaccination to chaos. In other words, it's what, you know, when, and look That's at- a great line, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm not I, I'm not saying here it's an absolute. I mean, I'm not even remotely here to say, I totally love myself to this point. But I recognize that the more I invest in my own self-love and others, and I, I keep wanting to say, and others so it's not an exclusive to self is the better I seem to be able to navigate life yeah the better and I say better I mean that sounds like a comparison but little you know things don't bother me as much mm -hmm. I'm not affected by them and I'm actually becoming a role model to others because yeah. of this experience yeah. so which is powerful yeah and going back to what you shared with your with your story I was just thinking about this is an opportunity to tap into something that's very powerful and that's our intuition mm -hmm. because that's what Obi-Wan was saying you know it's we actually have this power within us we really do and our feelings are our guide to this power mm -hmm. and it's not so much about having to analyze it because you know we can misinterpret our feelings it's more just being aware and noticing and allowing to happen so going back to the loss of my son you know speaking of feelings there are days where I get melancholy yeah. And I allow the feeling to come in, mm -hmm. but I allow the feeling to go out just like it came in. In other words, I'm aware now that I don't have to attach to the feeling. I don't have mm -hmm. to make sense of it and mm -hmm. try to come up with a story around it. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling sad. It's related to him. Okay. I yeah. let it come in. Yeah. And I might cry for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I get triggered in a variety. Of, I saw a young boy on a bicycle and that triggered it. You know, mm -hmm. it could be as simple as that. But it's also letting the feeling go hang out. Yeah. Because many feel as though those feelings are absolute. And as you said earlier, yeah. feelings, wait, how did you like, say? Your feelings are valid, but your feelings aren't facts. Yeah, exactly. Feelings aren't facts. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, and I know that, but, and then that's the point, yeah. you know? So, and this is all part of the journey of self-love. And, yeah. and I love that you've come up with these five, you know, <laughs> ways to look at Thank it. You. Thank um, you. And I really hope that everyone just invests in their own self-love because when we, I like the English term about sovereignty. When a person becomes as full as they can possibly be within themselves to love themselves, all the dating stuff becomes really easy. Yes. It's like effortless. This is what I, I mean, 
from your lips to God's ears <laughs> and every single person who I'm always like, I'm telling you, because they're like, I'm like, well, let's just talk about some self-love. And they're like, I don't want to talk about self-love. I want to talk about where the guy is. Tell me what five text messages I need to send the guy to get him crawling at my house, you know, <laughs> you know and, and, and not just a booty call. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work that way. But exactly. yeah, I think, well, I, I like what you said about, you know, it's all these little deposits, yeah. you know, like that build up over time. And it reminds me of, so Brene Brown. Yeah. In um, Daring Greatly, she talks about this with trust. Yes. And like, you know, trust is like a jar. It's like a coin jar. And like every little act of trust you build and you build and you build. And then sometimes, you know, that trust might be violated or you might feel hurt or something by someone. But you look and see, you're like, okay, this my jar is this full. Rather than now all trust is gone. Yeah. All love is gone. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, maybe it was like a little thing and it's just a little, it's a little withdrawal. Yeah. I mean, it I'm just totally, happened to be the stock market crash. I'm totally, no. <laughs> totally like, I mean, I'm totally yeah. misquoting her. So anybody, if Brene Brown is listening to this, <laughs> she's not. But if she Bob, I'm sure you're listening to this right now at some point in your life. It could be t- um, 25 years. Everybody but. read yeah. Daring Greatly. It's a great book. And yes. she'll explain this much better than I do. It's it's kind of that same way with yourself. It's like yeah. if you're kind of constantly filling up your love tank, your self-love tank. Yeah. But yeah, you're going to have moments where you don't feel so great. You're going to have moments where you do something and you're just like, fuck, why did I do that? You're going to have those moments if you have enough of those deposits of acknowledging all the things that you have done well and yeah. finding ways to celebrate yourself and finding ways to you know care for yourself and all these things. And it's like, it's not such a big hit. You can bounce back exactly. a, lot, a lot more easily. And this is not, here's the thing for everyone listening. A lot of people think this is woo-woo shit. This isn't. <laughs> this is really the most important thing you can ever do in your life. I mean, this is the singular, you know, people might think it might be being a parent or buying a home or having a job. No, the singularly most important thing, and I know this is my perception, so take it for what it's worth, is to love on yourself. It starts there. Everything else is going to be easy when this is the foundation that you're working from. I agree. I agree. And um, self-love is not buying yourself nice things. No, God. I mean, it's wonderful to buy yourself nice things, but sometimes it's actually, it's the opposite of loving towards yourself because there are people who are, they're buying things, they're trying, they're spending money on things to try to fill themselves up and it's not going to work. It's a bottomless pit of doing that. So if you're buying yourself those shoes because you're like, These, this is going to make me feel worse. Yeah. Then it's like, that's... Well, I also say it's the same when, while it's great to go get the manicures and do all those things, Mm -hmm. be careful not to place the importance of that, you know, because you talked about self-care, which I think is hugely important. Yeah. You know, one of the chapters in my book is called, Your Body is a Machine, Not a Temple. Mm -hmm. And what it means (laughs) is your body, you know, treat your body like a machine because you want it to last for as long as you can. That's part of self-care. You know, so manicures and spas and things like that are all great. That's but it's just industry. That's yeah, real self-care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's but that's yeah. why I wanted to point that yeah, out because no, a lot of people yeah. put so much weight into that mm-hmm. that the most weight one can put on is within their head and their heart. Totally, totally. And finding and I like the way and I'm going to butcher you know Marianne Williamson's quote is our greatest fear is ourselves. Yeah, it's really our greatest fear is loving on ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's our, our greatest fear is how powerful we are. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so and what I mean by saying because we are 
love, our greatest fear. And so what she talks about in her book, Return to Love, is remove all, another great book. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Daring Greatly, yeah. Return to Love and the Untethered I Soul. I have, I have a Return to Love affair and yeah. I literally just loaned my neighbor next door, Daring Greatly, yesterday. Okay, so, and <laughs> the third book I want to say, one. well, the third book is The Untethered Soul and the fourth book is What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway right. about Jonathan Asley. <laughs> but what she says in Return to Love is about removing the blocks to love. Absolutely. And yeah. so this journey of self-love is like an onion. You're just peeling a layer at a time. And so many people want to go straight to the center. And what happens is you start crying when you cut up that onion. But if you peeled it a little bit at a time, you're able to experience life. You'll you'll notice the difference by just peeling away the layers. Yeah. And you'll notice the difference. You'll go, God, a year from now, go, God, wow, I handle things so much better. I'm more loving. Mm-hmm. So many people want to go right to the, the center so quickly that yeah. they forget that the whole experience is the journey itself. Yes. I got to quote my last podcast. Yes, because this is such a good quote. Oh my God, when he said this. So Amari Ice, that episode is live so that people can check it out. But Amari said, I'm just going to read it because I have it right here. Love is not a fairy tale. It's more like a video game. And the number one reason anybody is single or will soon be single again is because they're trying to have a level 25 relationship with level three skills. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's so good, right? Yeah, I love that. It's so good. And it's kind of like what you're saying. It's like everybody's like trying to get right to the center of the onion, but it's it's like, no, no, all these layers that you bypass, they're important. They have value, right? That process is, is really valuable. While you were sharing, I was thinking of a, I made up a series of Jonathan quotes today. And I, 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 can I share one? Please. So I, and this is still a work in progress, but it says, I don't fully love myself. There, I said it. Thankfully, I created a laboratory to remember who I am on the inside. Love. Beautiful. And the point was, and I shared earlier about the laboratory is my Facebook, you know, is when I create opportunities for people to attack me, I've created opportunities for me to love on myself. And I didn't realize it. So there I said it. That's great. I don't fully love myself, you know, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. And it's a work in progress for yeah. all of us. So That's great. It's like, um, have you ever heard of rejection therapy? No. My podcast listeners will also recognize this. Okay. So there's this guy really quick. There's this guy. He was like, real, he had this fear of rejection. It was taking over his life, you know, r- romantically, professionally, okay. everything. He got sick of it. He was okay. like, I need to desensitize myself to rejection. Okay. So he set out, I think it, it was either 30 days or 90 days that he decided he was going to put himself in a position to be rejected every single day okay. and as a way to desensitize himself to it. So it's kind of like what you're doing. It's interesting. In a way. <laughs> so, well, I want to put a twist on that because I, you know, desensitizing could mean avoiding. And so I'm seeing well, he wasn't uh, he wasn't avoiding it and neither are you no no in other words he was leaning into yes. it so it doesn't have the same charge mm-hmm. hopefully and I don't know his experience but my experience it's more of an opportunity to love on myself and others so I love that share I totally love that because it's really about getting to a point where you're going you know what it's like that Teflon it's like my son's yeah. post you know Mike don't let anyone fuck with your chi mm-hmm. he literally felt that way he was so in a space of like if you didn't like me, I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm and, in that space. I'm, yeah. so, I'm so happy to be in that space. Yeah, and I, and, I, <laughs> and I don't like, and I said the words, I don't care, but what it means is I'm not gonna let it affect me. Yeah. That's the piece I, I mean. Yeah, I think, which, which one is more accurate for me? I think for me, it's probably more, I don't care. Hmm. Because I just don't, I don't take it personally. It doesn't have anything yeah. to do with me. I'm like, that's your journey. Yeah, exactly. So it's I, part of the four agreements, and not know, that we, need, we could do a whole yeah, I know, podcast we could just, on like, that. <laughs> we need to do like a book podcast. Yeah, yeah I think, 
I just don't I don't take things personally like that. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I don't know. There, there are too many people that I do love that I need to focus on. I'm like, I, I, I don't have any emotional or mental energy for people who don't like me. I just yeah. don't. No space for that. Well, my work right now is leaning into it. And that's what well, I'm... Good for you. I'm, yeah. I've done it. Listen, I've yeah. been on a reality TV show. Nothing subjects you to more ridicule. Oh my God. Okay, than that. So I... I, I this you're judged. You're too tall. You're too this. You're too that. You're this and that. I mean, you're probably judged for everything. The case. That was, yeah. But that, I actually, that, that experience helped me because similar to you, where this is like, you're using the criticism online as a way to love yourself more. I didn't set out to do that, but that's yeah. what wound up happening for yeah. me too. Because I was like, oh, people would like write horrible things about me on the internet. And first it was like this up and down, like somebody would write something good and I'd be like, yay. Something write something bad, I'd be like, yeah. You know, and it was up and down. And then one day I had the gift of reading some stranger saying that they hoped that I got cancer and died. Oh God. Yeah. No. <laughs> and so, oh. and so I read that and I was like, oh, none of this matters. Yeah. It yeah. was like a real aha moment. And I literally, I can say if I have cared about what a stranger on the internet has said about me since then, I can't remember. Yeah. Even when people say nice things, I appreciate it. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. But I'm not, I still take it. I'm like, it still has anything to do with me. It's still there. They're still projecting whatever. You're never as great as the greatest praise. You're never as worse as the worst, you know, yeah, criticism. Exactly. But, uh, but it's really <laughs> learning how to do that. Yeah. So, wow, that's an interesting share about the reality <laughs> show. That sucks that that happened. But hey, hey you know, no, it's amazing that that but yeah, because you now have that it's experience like, to go. Changing. Yeah. Fantastic. Because I was like, oh, this clearly has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I've never done anything to this person. Right. Yeah. So like that just made me sh see like, oh, if I'm going to allow people saying bad things, if I'm going to allow people saying anything good or bad to have such an effect on me, then I'm in for a life of a lot of disempowerment. And that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, may, I came up with another quote this morning. It says, the minute someone judges you, they become the ambassador for your healing. Thank them energetically for their projection and send them energetic love for they need it more than you at that moment. They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. That's awesome. Well, I have one final question okay. for you. And I mean, you pro you've already really articulated this really well, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Just give you an, a chance to maybe say something a little bit differently if you want to. If you had a megaphone yeah. that was loud enough for the whole world to hear and you could send out one message about love what would that message be oh i'm on the spot <laughs> <laughs> well gosh I, please forgive me everyone because i'm kind of feel stumped in the moment because there's just so much i, I want to say and it's I and I'm, i want to say it in such an articulate way everything you say is articulate so you don't have to worry about that I, well i'm thinking of a quote well gosh now i'm torn no just uh, whatever your first god that's you know. weird i can't channel right now i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i'm like a deer in the headlights blocking what you know my invitation for everyone is to explore the world within to explore the the world of you in other words, look in the mirror and explore who you really are. Because I know that, you know, there's this, there's the, the old saying, you know, midlife crisis is when you start questioning, who am I? Why am I here? What's this all for? Those are great questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Start leaning into that and make that part of your daily life. Mm -hmm. Actually make those things the part of your daily life. And I know we all have work and cars and paying insurance and doing all these other things. My invitation is spend a minimum 
of 15 minutes, but if you can an hour, investing in getting to know who you really are. Who am I? Why am I here? What's it all for? And see where that journey takes you. And it might be purchasing my book. It might be the other three books we mentioned. It could be going down to workshops. It could be working with a coach, whatever it is. Do yourself a favor and invest in you, however that looks. That's my message. I love that. It's a beautiful message. See, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. When I'm on the spot, it's one thing. But when I can riff, I can just go. (laughs) Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. This This is is great. This is awesome. I think this is going to be... I'm really hoping and I'm confident that there is somebody who's listening to this who really needed to hear Mm. everything that you just said. Mm. So I'm excited about that. And I hope... And who did we want to hear this? Oh, and we hope Renee Brown's listening to it. We just wanted to say hi. (laughs) Hi, Renee. I love you. We love you. I've your book a million times. Okay. (laughs) All right, Jonathan. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. And there you have it, my conversation with Jonathan Astley. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to check the show notes for links to Jonathan's social media and to his website where you can get a free gift from him and also links to his best-selling book, What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? And you'll also find in the show notes links to stay in touch with me. Yay, I'd love for you to stay in touch with me. I am at Dear Franny on all social media, pretty easy to remember. And the podcast is at Dear Franny Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, I did this to make my life very, very, very simple. Not that I am so in love with the name Dear Franny, but hey. It's mine, so I'm going with it. Thank you so very much for listening wherever you are in the world. I'm so psyched that we're still on the charts all around the world. This makes me very, very happy and very grateful. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. You know the deal. You know that it helps podcasts to get those subscriptions and ratings and reviews. So I would very, very much appreciate it if you did. And if you have already, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Have a beautiful day wherever you are in the world. Take care.